Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Post Post Podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host, Chris Ronan. We are back at it for the Atlantic Division this episode. We did the Metro last, and we got two more divisions to go. You uh, excited about this one? Yeah, massive. It's going to be good to look at this uh, this division. There are a lot of teams in here that I don't really think have a fighting chance when I started putting together my list. Uh, this could end up, I think, potentially like the West of last season with a 5-3, and three, like we kind of alluded to right. uh, with Pat on last week. I think that the Metro is a lot better than the Atlantic uh, this, this time right. This time around. Yeah, this uh, I was doing the 1-8. through eight. One team I think will shock you what I have in my 1-8, through eight, but it, it was like, yeah, exact same with the Metro, where like... It was you kind of knew like top three, and then you knew the like last two, and then for some reason in the middle you're like, all right, I don't know what to do. Yeah, and I think looking at the uh, standings from last year, you really see it with Buffalo, Detroit, and Ottawa, where they all finished the season within two points of each other. So at the end of the day, the seeds and standings don't really matter all that much because that comes down to a coin toss. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter then because they look outside of the playoffs looking in, but this year it could mean a lot. It could be, you know, in versus out. Right. Hmm. Yeah. I, again, we don't know at all. We have no idea. All it takes is for like one of these teams that were just like, yeah, these guys are going first, and then two of the greatest players that just like go out with some kind of injury and then just yeah. fall apart. So. And even one extra win flips the the standings in that sense too. You can jump two seeds by getting one more win over the next guy. It's insane how everything could just you know switch in the blink of an eye. You know. Yeah. Uh, but you want to get started with this? Let's do it. Eight eight beautiful teams, and we're going to start off uh, with the Boston Bruins here. They were fourth in the Atlantic with a 51-26-5 record, 107 points, sixth in the East, and tenth in the league last season. Their head coach is now Jim Montgomery, replacing Bruce Cassidy. They lost three players, Antoine Bledet, well, Blid, sorry, uh, Curtis Lazar, Eric Holler. Then they signed Patrice Bergeron, Pavel Zaka, and David Krejci, and they had one trade where they traded Eric Holler to the New Jersey Devils in exchange for Pavel Zaka. Not many offseason moves here, but I think the ones that Boston Bruins fans and maybe the Bruins wanted, we wanted Patrice Bergeron back, and uh, the Bruins fans got their David Krejci back, and uh, they didn't really do much after that. Yeah, I think the story of this season is honestly going to be when are their starters coming back from injury. We have Brad Marchand, Charlie McAvoy, and Matt Grizzick all out to start the season. And uh, a few of those guys are actually missing a lot of time to start the season. So, I mean, that's honestly probably three of your starting five players on the ice. You know what I mean? Oh, starting yeah. six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think, honestly, the the Krejci coming back, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what that's going to be. I think it's definitely helpful to have more depth down the middle, but... After you know sitting out a year, yes, he did play overseas, but it's not the same league uh, over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. Is he going to be missing a step? What do you think? I don't know. I think the Bruins are going to be having a hard time here. Uh, Brad Marchand, the rat that he is, uh, was getting stuff done. He had 32 goals last last season, 48 assists, which was team best. So getting it done on both ends. So that's a rough guy, especially when they haven't made that many offseason moves. It's a hard guy to miss in the beginning of a season. You know? Yeah, I, I think – you know, your goaltending tandem is going to be looking pretty solid on the back end with Allmark and Swayman. I think they got the job done last year, did pretty good. Mm-hmm. The Zaka and Halla trade, I think, is definitely an upgrade because you have Zaka playing on your top line, winging with Bergeron. Dabrowski seems to be pretty happy on that first line, too. He's producing now. Doesn't really want out anymore. And then that second line, man, I think it's going to be sneaky good. Hall, Krejci, and Pasternak. I, I think that's sneaky. really going to be... I think that could be what makes or breaks this team, though. If that line isn't good... 
that spells disaster for the team. Right. That's just like Eric Hall last last season for the Boston Bruins. Just sneaky good all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're just like, where the hell did you come from? And I hope Hampus Lindholm looks good coming off of the concussion protocol. I don't necessarily know if he was injured with it. I know he missed a couple games because of it yeah. in the playoffs last year, but I'd like to see where this guy's contract and signing uh, takes him on this team. All right. The Bruins wanted him, wanted him. As soon as we got him, that was like the eight-year contract or something big that he got. And so yep. we still haven't seen like what Hampus Lindholm can do with the Boston Bruins organization, but I don't know. Apparently, they're there. He's their guy. You know, I think the real reason they wanted him wasn't because of him per se. I think it was because of how weak the defenseman market was, and he was kind of the top ticket guy. As weird as that sounds, like he was probably the biggest name that was available as a defenseman, and yeah. for us to land him was was pretty big. It's I'd pretty say, big. you know, it's funny how the Bruins kind of go for these guys like big names, but like not big in the league you know mm-hmm. like you we've all heard of Hampus Lindholm great great player but Bruins target those guys like the just, just outside of guys. the star it's like the B B level celebrity you know yeah. it's not like the AA team you know mm-hmm. but I think they get they can get more out of those kind of players than bringing in the A guy um, and I think honestly another big question mark this season will be what Jim Montgomery does with this Can team do. yep. yeah I, I think you know there's there's stirrings and where there's smoke there's fire when it comes to the Bruce Cassidy things but regardless, Cassidy's one of the best coaches in the league, and, and to move on from him, it's going to shake things up in the locker room. So let's see where it takes him. Right. Again, Bruce Cassidy gone. Probably the reason why David Krejci came back. And for all the Bruins fans, this is probably the last season with the Patrice Bergeron and maybe even David Krejci. So they want that playoff run. They want maybe a good Stanley Cup run, you know? And yeah, and not to, you know, I guess, put paint one house red and one house blue. It kind of reminds me of the Pittsburgh Penguins in the sense where they're getting the gang back together and mm-hmm. they got the old team. I heard rumors of Lucic. We still haven't seen anything rumors. develop on that, but yep. that could just be people trying to will something into fruition. The back to um, 2011 Bruins. But yeah, may- maybe the Bruins do look a-, look a little older than they should, and maybe that's a bad thing. But maybe. if you want to get to it, I have them slotted in as the four seed in their division. Ooh, fourth seed? Fourth seed. I uh, bumped them up a little. Third seed. Third seed? Okay. Yep. And that's compared to last season where they finished fourth, fourth. behind uh, Florida, ta- uh, Toronto, Tampa, and then the Bruins. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had something on the Patrice Bergeron here because I think this is, is going to be his last season. Um, if he does another season, I'd, I'd be shocked. But uh, fun fact, last season, this guy, it, it just it goes to show you how incredible Patrice Bergeron is. Just a, a talented player overall. Can, can I jump in? You really think that he's not going to come back? I think... The fact that he got a one-season, uh, just one-year deal here, I think that's might be his way. I'd be like, I'm going to fill it out one more season. and I think that's the team's way of saying, like, we're going to give you one more year, and then we'll evaluate at the end of the year. I think it's the mutual ground where – he want he could have wanted two, and the team's like hell no, like we're not gonna give you two. You're getting older. Like he's still performing, he's still producing. He's, he's not still... at the at the level Char is at. Mm-hmm. He's you know in the running for the Selkie Award every year. So right. I don't see him going out if he's still performing at the same level he is. Right, and that's kind of going back to what uh what his stats for last season. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah, kind of mm. kind of agreeing you with on that. So last season he was 25 goals and 40 assists. He's actually number one in NHL history in faceoff wins. He's had 1,600 total faceoffs with a 61.9% win percentage. Leon Dreisaitl, ironically, is second with 1,661 faceoffs with a 53.4% win percentage. So 53.4 to 61.9. It's just insane how good this dude is on the faceoff dot. Yeah. And uh, he's just. You want this guy in, like. 
in like insane situations where you're on the par play, it's it's a good game. You want this point, and Harry is just like taking that face off, uh, and you have that sixty percent chance of winning it. Which and that's what guy. makes me think he's head and shoulders above the next guy. You're gonna have to drag him off the ice, kicking and screaming before he just says, "I'm gonna ride off into the sunset." That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. But. Right. And you're gonna. Uh, how about David Pasternak now? Is he still gonna still be the guy that he is? It really depends on how that line quick clicks because now it's. It's shaken up a little bit. Like I, I think part of the rumblings with Cassie had to do with Pasternak, but mm-hmm. if the, this is the line that he wanted the whole time he wanted to play on Krejci's line, which is the rumor, right. and now if it doesn't really work, it's kind of like, well, what do you what do you know really? You right. know what I mean? Like, why are you complaining? Right. And Pasternak but, wasn't happy a few weeks ago. Didn't he put out something about it? be like, hey, listen, I've been doing this for years and I'm not winning anything. You know what am I doing? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's just like frustration with how close they've come and how close they are they're always you know in the running they could be that team and there's just something that keeps them from getting over that hump right you know? they're missing a few pieces there i don't like it's not it's almost not even that though like game seven stanley cup finals you get there and you can't say that like a few pieces is what's going to win you one game like they have the pieces i think they've been there they can get there it's just it just doesn't, doesn't happen all the time you know I, I don't know what it is but i don't know all right and to top this all off, goalie situation. Tukarask came back, retired. So now it's full blown. We're gonna have a full season. Jeremy Swayman, Linus Allmark. How are you feeling about these two? I yeah. also think that the Rask situation may have screwed the team in their prospect that was Dan Vladar. If they knew that Rask was coming back just to retire, they wouldn't have traded Vladar away. I don't think they no. would. They may have gone into next season with the Vladar Swayman combo, but mm-hmm. they said. Hey, let's sell high on this guy. We have Rask coming back this season. He's going to be hopefully normal. And then you have Swayman as a backup, and then Olmark to you know, or sorry, Olmark as a backup and Olmark, Swayman yeah. to to plug the the holes until Rask is back. Olmark surprising me right now. Uh, I looked up his stats, and I think it was as good as I thought it was. Two point four five GAA, seventh best in the league, and also seventh best in the league with a point nine seventeen save percentage. And then to move on to Jeremy Swayman here, he was fourth best in the league with a 2.41 GEA. So they're both getting it done. They just got to hug it out at the end of every game. Yeah, I guess so. I guess that's the, the clue that keeps your friends together, right? Mm-hmm. right? That's it. Maybe we should hug it out at the end of the episode. No, that's okay. Okay, we'll just do, we'll just keep doing nips. Yeah, yep. that All sounds right. good to me. <laughs> All right, so I have uh, the Bruins third, and you got them fourth. Yeah. Okay. It'll be interesting to see what happens. We're gonna we're gonna tell you guys uh, where they stand at the end of each breakdown, and then at the end we'll recap our one through eight and uh, discuss a little bit more in depth. Mm-hmm. So let's move on here. We got the Buffalo Sabers. <clears throat> they were fifth in the Atlantic with the 32-39-11 record, which is seventy five points. Eleventh in the East and twenty fourth in the league. Their head coach is Don Granado. They lost goalie Aaron Dell, goalie Dustin Tukoski, Drake Kegula, Will Butcher, Colin Miller, <laughs> Mark Peshik, Mark uh, Jankowski, uh, John Hayden. They signed goalie Uko, oh my God, Uko Pekka Lukanen. There we go. Victor Olafson and goalie Eric Comrie. And they also signed Ilya Lubushkin. Their trades this offseason, they traded future considerations to the Dallas Stars in exchange for goalie Ben Bishop and 2022 seventh-round pick. Their seventh-round pick was Joel Radkoff-Bernston from the Swedish uh, Juniors. Um, this guy, Every time I see Ben Bishop here, I'm like, this dude is just uh, always injured, so why are we picking up Ben Bishop here? That was basically like a contract dump from the Stars to the Sabres, and they did that. Uh, in order to basically, I want to say, take up more cap space because of how little they paid their guys. Mm-hmm. And 
I want to say that there's going to be almost like another shoot to fall or some kind of like goodwill that they're getting from the, the Dallas Stars in this regard. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, but I think like where they can, you know, spend a little more money to, to eat up that contract space and make some other moves happen. Right. I think that's the real goal here. Mm-hmm. Um, but looking at this team, I am uh, not overly impressed. A guy like Jeff Skinner needs to become the next, you know, um, Jack Eichel for this team. He needs to fill those shoes quickly, mm-hmm. and he seems to have struggled for a little bit, but this last year he seemed to have done a little better for himself. Mm-hmm. Alex Tuck is another guy that's coming off injury from last season. I think he's going to have to step up a lot on this team. Yeah. And Owen Power is actually going to get thrown to the Wolves here, I think, oh and, and really God, be playing yeah. you know, quick NHL minutes and, and playing a lot of time mm-hmm. in front of Craig Anderson and Eric Comrie on, on the roster here. So mm-hmm. um, I don't have very high hopes for this team. I want the turnaround to go quickly. But you missing you missing a key player here, Tage Thompson, getting it done. Thirty eight goals, which is team most, and thirty assists, tied for team second most. Actually, that was his career high stats last season. So Tage Thompson as well. Add him to the list with Jeff Skinner. Yeah, so absolutely. I got a few guys getting it done. Again, just a team that's coming up. It's not Buffalo Sabres, not like a Florida Panthers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Toronto team. They're, they're a team just still coming up. And the, I, they don't have guys on their team that I hate, or guys on the team that are like underproducing it's just it's just not working right now and i think they just need time to get it all together and, and put the pieces together correctly you know because mm-hmm. like a tage thompson casey middlestat and dylan cousins up the middle that all looks really good that's great on paper i mm-hmm. think and you know they they could compete a little bit but i i don't have too much more to say on this team yeah i, I buffalo was like really on the like low pace last season Remember that? And then, like, all of a sudden, midway through, a little after midway through, they went on, like, this 10-game, maybe skid, where just, like, they won, kind of picking up the pace here, figuring shit out. Um, I don't know. I, I want to see Buffalo come up here. Um, goalie issue, I guess, Dustin Turkasi getting rid of, like, their two goalies there. And so you got Craig Anderson, 42 years old, mm-hmm. 42 years of age. I think he's surpassed Chara as the oldest player in the league since he hasn't had a contract yet, right? Wow. So and Eric Comrie, you yeah. are like relying on uh, a forty-two-year-old. Not not saying anything bad about Craig Anderson here, but I don't know. I, like at this point, we've been talking about hockey just in general. Mm-hmm. Like young is the way to go. Young. And, and I I also think when you look at a guy that's forty-two that plays net, think about how much the game has changed since twenty-four years ago when he came into the league. You know right. what I mean? Like the entire position has like changed. completely shifted and changed, and just everything in general. Things that your body could have learned at a younger age, can't now, can't, can't adjust, and even just wear and tear of hips and knees, you know? There's a uh, there's a mic'd up, he's got a mic'd up video the Buffalo Sabres put up, uh, I think just recently, they're in practice, and uh, just kind of watching him, you're just like, this guy barely goes down, like, he's just kind of like a stand-up goalie. I mean, you could get it done, but look at, like, the top goalies now, like Andre Vasilevsky, RVH, full splits, just getting it done, can... Craig Anderson do that? No. If if there's a like dire situation where he needs to make that stretch across save, I don't think Fred, uh, Craig Anderson can get it done. You know, hmm. all 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 it might need to be is just like a pass across the crease and just a little tapping on Craig Anderson there. So now you're relying on defense to cover that guy. Yeah, that's, I, my, that's my thought. I think if you're paying a guy to be your starting goalie, I would hope that he's able to push across the crease and, and compete at the level that he needs to. Otherwise, it's going to be a gong show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, no, I, I do think there is something to the age factor and not, you know, moving on to something, you know, shiny, bright, new, and, you know, getting the guys going. But 
Uh, surprisingly enough, I'm taking this team from the fifth seed all the way down to the bottom. They're, oh. they're, they're in the eighth slot for me. Okay. Um, and, I mean, they like we talked about, too, they only finished in that fifth seed, fifth seed by two points. They could have been seventh, and the Montreal Canadiens were cursed last year with injuries and everything. So mm-hmm. I think that the Sabres are going to be the worst team in this division next year. Okay. Where do you have them slotting in at? Uh, I got them slotting in as fourth. Fourth, wow. Yeah. So they potentially could be making the playoffs. Yeah, I like Eric Comrie. I think uh, he, he didn't get the starts he needed or deserved in Winnipeg Jets, but when he was starting – uh, when he had the starts with Winnipeg, he looked really good. So a great backup for Craig Anderson. Craig Anderson, just a uh, veteran guy that can help Eric Comrie come up. And I think they have a bunch of guys, uh, a bunch of names here that uh, coming up. What if Owen Power just comes out of nowhere? He only played eight games last season, but this is his full first full NHL season. Yeah, he what could he... he could be the next more um, cider. Right. You know. So add that. Maybe maybe Owen Power comes in, just lights it up. You know, they they have these guys. Maybe Alex Tuck. Uh, last season was his second career highest season that he's had stat- statistic-wise. So, I don't know. I feel like uh, Buffalo Sabres are definitely more on the rise than you think. I just think uh, it's a lot of maybes, it's a lot of question marks, and it smells a lot like the Ottawa Senators from a few years ago when they had some puzzle pieces that they were really banking on to click. And I don't know. That's just uh, my take on it, and I'm not getting burned by it again. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we're going to find out come uh... – Come at the end of the season next so, season. So right now you have Boston in the three seed and Buffalo in the four, right? Yep. All right, cool. I'm just going to keep up with you as we go. Sounds good. So let's move on here to another team that uh, we've talked about that's definitely on the rise, and I think Stevie Eisman has been doing a fantastic job. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings here, they were six in the Atlantic with a 32-40-10 record, 74 points, 12th in the East, and 25th in the league. They had co- co- sorry, head coaches Derek Lalonde replacing Jeff Blashill. Uh, they lost Riley Barber, Turner Elson, Sam Garnier, goalie Thomas Grice, Dan Renouf, Mark Stahl, and goalie Calvin Picard. Uh, they signed Jake Wallman and Mark Peshek, Philip Zadina, Andrew Kopp, Ben Chirot, Dominic Kubelik, David Perron, and Ali Mata. Uh, some top names right there. Uh, the notable UFAs is actually Danny DeKaiser. He had 11 assists last season. Danny DeKaiser, I think, has been a solid player for the Detroit Red Wings. Maybe 11 assists last season might not be uh, enough, but I thought he was a great player all around. Uh, for trades, the Red Wings traded their 2022 third-round pick to the St. Louis Blues in exchange for goalie Vili Husso. So adding some uh, depth goalie-wise with Vili Husso. Uh, Vili Husso... Uh, was getting the job done. Bennington was kind of shit in the bed there in uh, St. Louis Blues last season, and Philly Huso was up there to bring on the task. So, uh, great pickup here for the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, how you feeling about this? How you feeling about Stevie, Stevie Eisman? I think Stevie Eisman's the man with the plan. He really knows his scouting uh, team. He knows his you know, young prospects very well. He'll take a chance on a guy that he he really thinks can get the job done. I feel like he can see an it factor in a player off the ice and in their personality uh, more than any other GM in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only other person I would compare it to is maybe like a Bill Guerin in, in Minnesota. Like, I think those two guys just kind of are like the model GMs. And I think this is the year that this team needs to make the next step. You know, these young players that he's giving these opportunities and giving the ice time to, I'm looking at their daily face-off now. They have six players on their roster, like starting lineup, that don't have, you know, numbers listed. So he's very willing to throw a guy in and, and, you know, 
Forget give so. give an opportunity. Andrew Cop, David Perron. He's got he's got veteran present. He's got size. He's got speed. He's got youth. Mm-hmm. This team has a little bit of everything. I think the only question mark is going to be goaltending. Little weird. Uh, Huso and Nedeljkovic. I think that's two other goalies around the league that maybe he thinks they have that it factor. They are the young guys that kind of proved themselves on the teams they were on before. Yep. And then he sees that, picks them up, and buys high on them. Mm-hmm. And you know, it it kind of seems unorthodox to not have. I guess a proven goaltender right. at, for in at least one of your two spots, but I think this is the year that they really need to prove it, and right. uh, I, I think that this is going to be a good year for the yeah. Detroit Red Wings. We talk about the one A, one B, and I don't think this is it because both of these goalies, Billy Huso and Alex Nedeljkovic, are both just solid backups. Mm-hmm. So again, just good goalies, but we're we looking at two A, two Bs here with these guys. So yeah, I mean, I I see like starter. Right, so you have either starter backup and you have one A one B. I see these two guys as backup backup. Right, you know what I mean. Right, <laughs> they have the they have the defense here. Picking up Ben Chirot, uh from the Panthers last season is going to be huge. More at Sider, it just he's got to keep those wheels turning just like he did last uh, last season here. Uh, More Sider actually most rookies in the NHL in assists last year, which is forty three, and fifty points for fourth most among rookies uh, in the NHL. And again, if we want to go back to uh, the Buffalo Sabres, Owen Power. This is all his first. This is throughout his first NHL season. So, I don't know. Maybe. I think teams are realizing every team needs a Kale McCarr and Adam Fox, a blue line just wizard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A, a forward on the blue line that is defensively responsible as well. Right. And I think that the Moritz Sider here and um, the Owen Power there are the two. You know it factors for these teams and, you know, creates a locker room presence and a blue line presence that the team definitely needs. Right. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm loving I'm loving watching this Detroit team come up. I like seeing what Stevie Eisman is doing. Um, I mean, want to go back to one of the numbers that's not even on there, and it's defenseman Simon Edvinson, who uh, hasn't played an NHL game yet. He uh, last year uh, played for Frolunda HD in, the, in Sweden last season, so – just, just the guy that's like, I'm going to throw you right in and yeah. see what you can do. And even a guy like Pius Suter, a guy you don't even think of, but he's young, he's kind of new to the league, and he's going to get his minutes and his ice time here, and he's not going to be you know, reprimanded and, and sat on the bench for screwing up. Right. Uh, seeing him the, as a third-line center, like I, I don't know. There's just a lot of like good good young players on this team, and that's why I put them in the five seed here. Okay. I actually just last minute flipped them with Ottawa too. Oh, really? Yeah, so I got, I got them in the five seed. So add a different coach, too, to that. Derek Lalonde coming mm-hmm. into a team that's uh, in the middle of a rebuild, I would say. Not rebuilding, but in the middle of a rebuild, mm-hmm. I would say that. But I have Detroit Red Wings in sixth place, which is the exact same place they were in last season. So. And now, is that because you don't think they got better or worse? Or is that because you think everyone else got better or worse around them? Like, do you think the team is going to be the same? Or do you think teams around them just got better or worse? I think there's... Uh, two teams that got better around them, and two teams that I think just stayed low. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, so and, they kind of maintained their and spot. They kind of like yeah. maintain that spot. I think Detroit Red Wings are they're coming up, but because best, best of a the few worst teams. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they're just kind of just stuck in the middle there. Yeah, but I, that's not bad. That's not not saying that's bad. I think I might have like a little went a little little heavy looking at these forwards. I was like, yeah, I think this team has what it takes. So I bumped them up a peg from where I initially had them on my list. But, yeah. What do you have the, on the list, sorry? I have them in the five seed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. I had them six initially just like you, and I just flip-flopped a little bit. Moved so. them up a little? Yeah. Okay. You never know. We're gonna, I can't wait. I think we did this uh, last season. 
where you brought it up, what, what we had our picks. And I remember you said, I can't remember what the hell I said, Vegas Golden Knights were first overall, like, the season. I was mm-hmm. like, what? Why the hell did I pick that? You know? It's going to be crazy to see in next year, basically. Also, a little side piece. I have a 7 a.m. flight tomorrow morning heading out to Vegas for a bachelor party, four-day uh, long weekend. Um, I bought those four future bets on the NHL. I don't think I'm going to bet any more NHL while I'm out there, but uh, opening opening weekend for the NFL, the first game was actually tonight. Uh, the Bills and Rams played. Uh, but I think Sunday I'm going to put some money on the Pats, regardless of if I think they're going to win or lose, just because we're going to watch the Pats game and we're going to be cheering for the Pats anyway, so throw some money on them. If they win, it's great. If not, we're already upset because they lost, so it's fine. There goes the money. Uh, and then I think I'm also going to put a wager down on the Florida and Georgia college uh, football game. Too, because I'm going to be going down to Florida for that game too. Is that blinded? Do you know anything about college football? No, nothing. No, nothing. Just a blind bet. Yeah, I think it's more like I'm cheering for the team anyway. So if there's money on the line too, and I, I just back whatever team that I'm cheering for, Let's go for it. It's a little more like reason for me to cheer for them. You know right. what I mean, right? Because mm-hmm. I have no no dog in the fight, no pun intended, when it comes to the Georgia Bulldogs and the Florida Gators. Right. I personally don't like the Gators because there's all that stuff with Aaron Hernandez and like there's a bunch of shady shit that went down when he was on the team and like the, the players that were there but yeah. I digress I'm getting way off the rails, off the rails. <laughs> I'm just excited to go to that game and uh, throw a couple bucks on them and if I win I'll I'll send uh you know nice I'll send it back out to Vegas and cash it in nice good man yeah you have to let me know what Vegas is like I wonder I think I was telling you about this I wonder if the Vegas Golden Knights kind of popped up popped open a bigger hockey market, hockey community there. Well, the Oakland Raiders in the NFL just moved to Vegas as well, so there's a giant oh. NFL stadium there too. And that goes back to what we talked about with the Coyotes trying to build a stadium. The Raiders building their stadium, they had to go through all the airport restrictions and stuff. Remember when Arizona was creating all the plans to build their stadium? They were like, well, the planes fly here and there and all those kind of different logistical things they were thinking of. Mm-hmm. Um, the Raiders went through all that. They have this wild facility. It almost looks like a giant black Almost UFO that's just on the ground, but it's really? it's just very oddly shaped. It's like it curves in and then out at the top, oh, but it's just giant and black. And I like the Raiders a lot. So interesting. Yeah. Going back to your Arizona State University, uh, I show you the thing that their ticket sales jumped up fifty percent. Yeah, we talked about that. You know, three months ago when we said that they're the most expensive tickets in the NHL because there's half as many half seats. Half as many seats. Yeah. yeah. So it's kind of crazy. But um, let's move on. Let's keep this. Let's keep the train moving here. Uh, so going from the Detroit Red Wings, we're going to jump right to the Florida Panthers. And uh, so from like middle to first overall. So the Florida Panthers, they were first in the Atlantic with a 58-18-6 and record, 122 points. First in the East and first in the league. Their head coach, Paul Maurice, replaces interim Andrew Brunette. So the Florida Panthers lost Nola Chari, Ben Chirot, Claude Giroux, Robert Hag, Mason Marchman, Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Wieger, and Cole Schwint. Oof. Uh, they signed Colin White, Nick Cousins, Mark Stahl, Rudolph's Balsers, Matthew Kachuk. Their notable UFA, uh, just, just for me, really, uh, is just Joe Thornton. The fact that he's still UFA, we might see a retired Joe Thornton coming up soon or... Another pickup. I don't know. There's been a couple signs that have been like kind of trickling in, but like I don't know. It's getting down to the wire, man. Right. So we'll see what happens. 
Uh, they traded. They have one trade here. The Panthers traded Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, Cole Schwint, and a conditional 2025 first-round pick to the Calgary Flames in exchange for Matthew Kachuk and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2025, the big trade that happened this offseason. Um, how are we looking here? I, I feel like they lost more than they've gained here, and big names lost and very little gain. I, yeah, I almost see we talked about it back when the trade happened, the Huberdeau and Kachuk trade. It's almost like the same skill level player, but in a different role. Mm-hmm. And I just think like the assets that you sold away to get this thing, I don't know. Maybe it's a play for the long run. Um, I, I don't see the president's trophy in their future this year. Nope. I don't see them winning the division in this year either. Nope. Personally. Um, I have them taking a, a little bit of a step back, but I still think that they have a talented roster that's going to be able to compete and, you know, be a presence in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Um, I, I kind of just want to show you what I have. I, I, I really, really dropped them. Really? That much? Yeah. Yeah, I did. But it do be like that. So let's uh, let's actually talk about their roster here before we really get into that. So I, I do want to bring up Anthony DeClaire here. He's injured and out with uh, with surgery after Achilles t- after he popped his Achilles tendon. He had career had 31 goals and 27 assists last season. He is expected to miss the first half of the season. So add another player, a big player, that's just going to miss out for half a season. So these Florida, this is going to be a total different Florida Panthers team that we uh, compared to last season. So I think it's going to be a very similar team, but with different faces. Yeah. Uh, that, that's what I think. And I, I don't think that they're going to be, you know – the, the best team in the league like they were last year. Right. But they're still going to be one of the better teams in the league, is my opinion. Yeah, they'll still be up there, but I, th- I don't think we're going to see the absolute powerhouse tank the Florida Panthers were last year. I think the fact that they lost, what are we looking at here? Marshman, Huberdeau, Uyghur. Huberdeau, just to, just to name one of the top guys there, too. Ben Chirot, great defenseman. They lost, like, huge defenseman, Huberdeau, Uyghur. I thought when this trade happened, and I originally thought that um, – I think Calgary was like – I remember at first I was like, wow, Florida Panthers got this great player, just huge Matthew Kachuk. And now looking back, I think Calgary Flames kind of like stole stole from uh, the Oh, Florida no, Panthers. Calgary fleeced them in that deal. They got so much more from one that's, star, yeah, whereas Florida is trading away the one star and then yeah. a lot more. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think that they've filled enough to be a stopgap, and they've really trusted in their – scouting roster their training camp like mark stall ended up making the roster off of a pto um and i just think that they they seem to rely heavily on what they have versus what they've lost you know what i mean and and they seem to think that that's going to be the way to go i think they expect bobrovsky and and spencer knight to really be a good tandem this year Mm. uh once anthony duclair comes back that's really what's gonna like give them another step up because by the time that he comes back if the team is performing well and has maintained i don't know let's let's call it a 65 70 percent win percentage duclair comes back he's gonna bump that up to a 75 i think just him alone he's that good of a player um and and yeah i don't i don't think it's as bad as it seems and i have them uh slotting in in the two seed wow yeah Hmm. interesting i want to go back before i say mine too spencer knight had a kind of a rough season last season uh Stats really don't show it, especially when you're in a team like the Florida Panthers, but I think you'd definitely notice it if he was on any other team, um, which means Bobrovsky's the guy. So 
you you need a good backup for this team, especially the way it's looking now. And Spencer Knight kind of needs to pump his tires here and uh, get get things rolling like he should be or used to be. But yeah, great tandem here, regardless. Sergey Bobrovsky and Spencer Knight. Um, I, I do I do like this. Radko Gudas, uh, good good ass, nice, cool. Uh, <laughs> here we go. So I love it. I, Let's I, go. Yeah, I love Gudas. I love that trade. I love Sam Reinhart. You know, from the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, I think that was a just great pickup uh, for the Florida Panthers. Sam Bennett. I don't know. It's like this is kind of different now that we're thinking. Now I was gonna bring it up, but I'm like, no, that's kind of a difference. Yeah. Talked about the Columbus Blue Jackets last uh, last week with uh, uh, John, uh, Johnny Hockey there coming over, thinking, like, is this one guy going to make a difference? And I thought the same thing with Matthew Kachuk, but then I'm kind of looking at the roster, I'm like, not really. He's just kind of – Matthew Kachuk is not really going to be that one guy that's going to make a difference. He's just going to – he's that one guy that's in a mix of, like – a bunch of different guys it's going to make a big difference for the Florida Panthers I think this team has a lot of guys that are going to piss people off like Sam Bennett gets under your skin in the playoffs I think these guys are building for the playoffs and not for the regular season and that's really all that matters like if they can qualify they have a shot at winning the cup you know what I mean like a good chance um the only thing that I want to jump back to with Spencer Knight now this is going to be a hot take I like Spencer Knight I think he's a very good goalie but being the top prospect as a goalie We've seen how that kind of hurt, hurts. hinders and hurts other top prospect goalies. Like, say, Malcolm Subban. Is Spencer Knight going to be the next Malcolm Subban? Right. You know what I mean? Like, Malcolm was, I think, taken in the first round, one of, like, the only goalies to be taken, mm-hmm. you know, that that high. And, and I, I just got bossed around. Yeah, and I, I think maybe – I don't think Spencer Knight's going to get bounced around, but maybe he feels that spotlight and that pressure, and, and maybe that's affecting his play. I do feel like – Malcolm Subban was kind of just like a kind of hot where they were both brought in. Carey Price, too. They're, all of them were brought in to be, like, to be these in-net gods when in reality, I feel like, especially for the boss Bruins' sake, Malcolm Subban needed to stay in Providence for a little while and just like get get those games under him, uh, mature down there. Instead, the Bruins are just like, we got to rush you up here. Uh, same thing with Carey Price. They threw him right into the Wolves. Carter hot. They threw him incredibly bad into the Wolves, and that's why... Well, no, that first season they had a good team. They were looking pretty good. I think they made playoffs the first season he was in net, and he... I think they got bounced in the first round, but I I think... I think it's different for every guy, but I think you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. There's a certain line. Right, and then you just end up this goalie that just got bounced around because the organization you were with didn't take the time to... uh, take the time to mature you down to the barn, or... I, I think as a goalie, your stock is so easy to inflate and deflate because you're not a player and you're not on a line where you have other players that impact and affect your play. At the end of the day, like there's only one person in the net. Mm. Whereas on a forward line, you're one of three. On a defensive pair, you're one of two. And you can rely and lean on the other guy. You can shade a little bit. And not to blame, but when you're in contract negotiations, you can blame a little bit on like, well, he was playing with this line. He's only getting this amount of ice time. You can spin the numbers any way you want. As a goalie, you're kind of isolated and your play is your play. Yeah, the team isn't great in front of you for, for certain guys, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as a goalie, you're you're on an island. Mm-hmm. That's just the position. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you on that. But I'm going to go to what I have him on, and it might surprise you. I got him fifth in the Atlanta. That is such a drop, dude. You mm-hmm. think the President's Trophy – I think they ended up losing it to Colorado last yeah. year, right? President's Trophy won the cup last year too, which is shocking. That never happens. Oh, right? Colorado that. did win the President's Trophy, if I'm not mistaken. I'll double-check that right now. Oh, I thought that was Florida. Florida ended up stealing it from him. I 122. Think so. Yeah, I think you might be right. 
Wait, yeah, the up. Avalanche did not win the uh, President's Trophy. The Florida Panthers did. So you have the President's Trophy when it's dropping from first seed down to fifth, huh? Yeah. Outside of the playoffs, potentially. They could sneak in as a 5-3. And um, it goes back to, we're going to be talking about them soon. It goes back to what we talked about with the Tape Bay Lightning, uh, especially you were talking about it last season where you're just like, this is a team that's just built on playoffs. They All they need to do is make playoffs. This is uh, this is going to bite you in the ass, I'm telling you right now. You have Buffalo finishing fourth and Florida finishing fifth. Yep. You're not going to be happy. You're going to kick yourself at the end of this season. Or oh, I'm going to be patting myself on the back. Yeah, right, dude. No chance. <laughs> no that's why we chance. Got the, that's why we got the Buffalo Sabres jersey in the back. I'm ready to go. All right, wait, wait. So maybe post-to-post picks right here. Do the Florida Panthers make playoffs this year? Ooh. Because you have them out of the playoffs statistically. statistically. Potentially in if it's a 5-3, you know? Right. Five from the uh, Atlantic and three from the Metro. Right. But we just talked about how the Metro seemed to be stronger than the Atlantic this season. Mm-hmm. Ooh, do they make it? Do they make it? Is that what you want? You, we don't have to do that for post-post picks, but it's just something that when they're fifth and I have them second, it's an easy one. We can circle back if you we'll want to see if we back. come up to a better uh, pick. Mm-hmm. We'll circle back. That's, that'll be a hard one because I feel like now that you brought that up, I'm like, oh, I kind of feel like they will make the playoffs but where I have them slotted. Mm. Mm. Now you got me questioning myself here. But – you ready to go from first to last, bud? Let's do it. All right. So, dead last here, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, eighth in the Atlantic with a 22-49-11 record, 55 points. They were 16th in the East and 32nd, which is dead last in the league. The head coach, Marty St. Louis, replaces Dominique Ducharme. Uh, so, the players they lost were Laurent Dauphin. Uh, William Lagason, Alexander Romanoff, Shea Weber, Jeff Petrie, and Ryan Poling. <clears throat> they signed goalie Sam Montebo, Rem Pitlick, Kirby Dock, and goalie Caden Primo. Uh, for the trades they had, they had a couple here. The Canadians traded Shea Weber to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for Yevgeny Dadunov. Then they traded Alexander Romanoff and the 2022 fourth-round pick to the New York Islanders in exchange for the 2022 first-round pick. That pick was Philip Mazar from Slovakia. Uh, the Canadians traded Jeff Petrie and Ryan Poling to the Pittsburgh Penguins in exchange for Mike Matheson and a 2023 fourth-round pick. And they also traded future considerations to the Calgary Flames in exchange for Sean Monaghan and a conditional first-round pick in 2025. These trades are good. These trades are looking like the oh, Canadians. Man. This makes me want to make another change, dude. Ah, that sounds so good on paper. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, these uh, Canadians just looking like they they definitely looking for picks in the future. They're trying to rebuild this organization, which they should, which is exactly what the fuck they need. They need to just rebuild altogether. But the picks they made up too are just fantastic way to bring it up. You know, it's not not like the Toronto Maple Leafs like trying to be an all around team. I think this team is now officially the Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> you have Mike Hoffman, who I didn't even know was on this roster on your first line. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Drewin, Evgeny Dadanov, Kirby Doc. Like, it's just so wild to see these names all kind of put together onto one roster. Like Joel Edmondson, Chris Weidman, um, yeah, and I mean Montembeau and Jake Allen in net. That doesn't that doesn't scream success to me either. Yeah. It's nothing against those two guys. It's just. It's such a weird roster to look at on paper. Yeah. But when you just rattled off those trades and those moves, 
that's a net positive big time for the Canadians. They are going to mm-hmm. definitely take a step up this season, I think. Well, let's go back to you, Jonathan Druin here because uh, he's not been looking good for the past two uh, two seasons here. So hasn't been able to play a full NHL season since 2018-2019 due to various injuries as well as having taken a leave of absence to deal with anxiety issues. He made his return to the lineup last season and would once again be absent from action after undergoing wrist surgery. He had six goals and 14 assists in 34 games played. So this, if when he comes back this season, this will be his first full NHL season in two seasons. So hopefully he can come back, especially with everything going on. Yeah, I liked him a lot too as a player. Um, I, I would like to see him have a successful, healthy, you know, full year, get that under his belt, and even make an impact in the locker room too. I think he's one of those guys that I look at. There's not a lot of veteran presence on this team, and I think he should be one of those guys to take over this locker room a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you have a Cole Caulfield, Nick Suzuki on your top line, like they're not going to be guys to step up in the room and have their voice cracking and telling you all about, like, right. let's go team, <laughs> you know? But I, I think those guys will put the puck in the net. They just need someone behind them uh, cracking the whip a little bit, yeah. you know? I, I, get, I, I get the organization. I get the team. They were just surrounded by people getting injured just out in general. Carey Price will not be playing this season whatsoever. But we have a lot of, like, I wouldn't say a lot, but a good amount of career lows here. Like, Christian Dvorak had a career low 11 goals last season. And then Brendan Gallagher, big dude, only seven goals, which is a career low for him, and 17 assists, which is a third career low. They need these guys to really start getting their shit together and pump out. Yeah, and I don't think that there's any one thing that you can point out on this team and say – that's the reason why they were as bad as they were. Um, I think when you highlight the career lows, it looks worse on paper than it is. Mm-hmm. It was just a bad team, a bad mix. It was just wild last season. These guys got hosed almost as bad as the New York Islanders, I'll say. Oh, yeah. But I think that this year they can actually be an NHL team rather than an AHL team mm-hmm. like they were last year. So right. uh, it'd be nice to see. I'd like to see a full season out of Kirby Doc, too. Dadnov on his, his line, that's going to be impressive to me. I do like that third line a lot. Like. Yeah. Doc, Dadnov, and Gallagher, if those three guys can click and get it together, that can be a very successful line. That could potentially be a second line on any other team in the league, I'll mm-hmm. say. And we'd like to see more from Gold Caulfield here. Mm-hmm. I want to see him keep going. Rem Pitlick. Um, Rem Pitlick was signed. Uh, I don't think on there uh, he was on the on the roster, but I think we're going to see him be slotted into the roster somewhere too. Rem Pitlick has just been a solid guy. I was watching a few highlights of him today. Oh, uh, this afternoon, I should say, and this—he just—he knows where to be. There's like, he knows like just the open spots. Can get that pass and score. Uh, his stats might not fully show up, but when you watch, uh, when you watch his highlights, you you understand uh, just his presence on the ice. You know, so I think just a great guy to have. Wow. Yeah. I I, I know of Tyler Pitlick a lot. I don't really know too much about Rem, Rem Pitlick. Pitlick. Yeah. Yeah. So. Hopefully he gets on the roster, or they're going to send him down to the barn. But regardless, it was a good sign by the Canadians, and I think that. Hey, if anything, he's going to fill in any of the injuries that they have this season because <laughs> there were a lot last year he could have filled in for. Yeah, you know, throw it on the pads for Carey Price. Yeah, yep. Uh, but between the goalies with Carey Price out, it's going to be back to Jake Allen and Sam Montebeau. Jake Allen has been outstanding. I think. I think statistic-wise, when you look at his just career, it's. He's might have had just a few lows, but like he's really kept the pace for like the years he's been in the NHL. I think he's well deserving to be like a starter. I, some reason him and Brian Elliott, I see as like the world's okayest goalies. But I would also, I I very much put Yaroslav Halak on like a high pedestal. Mm-hmm. But I put those three guys in the same realm for some reason. Really, even though I see Halak is really good, mm-hmm. and these two guys is like okay. 
I don't know why. They're the the three of them are just like the same, you know, area to me. Interesting. Jake Allen. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. I see starter from the St. Louis Blues before Jordan Bennington. That's like that's why I see it. I never see him as a backup. Not a backup. I'm just saying they're okay. They're not like they're not going to win you anything. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna yeah. play the position and and do their job. Clock in, clock out is right. the way I see okay. those three guys. Yep. You know. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting take. Yeah, I could see where you're going with that too. Just I think some... I'm probably way off lumping uh, Halak in with those two guys for some reason. Something tells me that he doesn't belong in, in the group with those three. But I don't I don't know. That's just, just a uh, little a little better than yeah, that, just yeah. average. Yeah, he does get but the I, job done. That's what I feel like. They're just the guys that come in and get the job done. And they're as good as that is. That's good. That's great. That's dandy. That's not what wins a cup. Right. You know. So. Talk about Scott Wedgwood last season coming from Arizona Coyotes. Got shit done. Went to Dallas Stars. Got shit done. Just like a goalie that just get bounced around, mm. but just gets it done. Mm-hmm. For some reason, can't find a home. I don't know. Wedge, Wedgwood, I think, is a different animal too. I think he hasn't had the opportunity to prove himself. And like when he has, it's been very small sample size. Like it's almost like he moves at the deadline, really performs for like six, seven games, mm-hmm. finds a new home. And then like, you know, fi- kind of like chills. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. That's, that's where I see that though. Hmm. To each guy, to each their own, right? Yeah. Um, so how are we feeling about the, uh, Montreal Canadiens here? <sighs> Dude, I'm so tempted to bump them up again, but I've already I've already shifted them once. They're going to sit in the seven seed for me. Oh, okay. Yep. I was thinking about bottom of number two, but seven seed as well. Right. I, I kind of de- want them in the six. They're a dead last. I mean, a Montreal Canadiens guy, just wanting to see him like come up, and I think they're going to go from dead last to at least uh, seventh spot here. I don't think – I think they'll be seventh spot in their division too, but I don't think they'll be as close to dead last as they were. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think they'll have more points compared right. to some other teams. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. they'll be getting just a slow increase like better. All right, we're getting down to the wire here. We only got three more teams to cover. <laughs> you got the interesting spots to fill, too. I like this. Mm-hmm. Running down to the wire here. All right, so we're going to go from the Montreal Canadiens to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, the Ottawa Senators were seventh in the Atlantic with a 33-42-7 record, which was 73 points, 13th in the East, and 26th in the league last season. Their head coach is DJ Smith. So the Ottawa Senators lost Chris Tierney, Adam Gaudet, Victor Mata, goalie Matt Murray, goalie Philip Gustafson. That's that's all of them. Uh, Connor Brown. <laughs> uh, they signed Claude Giroux, Josh Norris, Matthew Joseph, Eric Branstrom, and Timmy Jimmy Stutzel. Signed this week to an eight-year, $66.8 million contract, 8.3 mil AAV. Love this. Loved this. I think the, all the internet loved it, too. Uh, notable UFAs, Alex Formanton, 18 goals and 14 assists last season, and Tyler Ennis, eight sorry, eight goals and 16 assists last season. Uh, I kind of want to see both of them come up. I think um, – uh, oh, no, I'm thinking about someone else. No, well, I, I was thinking about uh, Alex Alex Formanton. I think he was uh, he was up there with, like, one of the best players in uh, shorthanded, power, shorthanded goals. I think he's really – I think he's got, like, 16 or some sh- crazy shit. Uh, but their trades here, they've they've made a few, so buckle up here. The, Sen- uh, the Senators traded their 2022 first-round, second-round picks, as well as their 2024 third-round pick to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for Alex Debrinkat. They traded Matt Murray, the 2023rd third-round pick, and 2024 seventh-round pick to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for future considerations. 
They traded goalie Philip Gustafson to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Cam Talbot. I think they made away with that. Cam Talbot wanted to move after Flory took that starting spot in Minnesota, so I want to go back to that. Uh, lastly, they trade Connor Brown to the Washington Capitals in exchange for the 2024 second-round pick. So a lot of these were uh, trading picks and picking up some picks along with uh, some goalies there. I, I honestly think they uh, fucking made away with that Philip Gustafson-Cam Talbot trade. I think Cam Talbot might be better goalie in my my eyes. Yeah, uh, I agree, and I think uh, I think moving on from Matt Murray too is probably a smart move. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, they kind of ate it when they initially traded for him, but that's that's a decent gamble. I would have probably traded for him back then too. Uh, the one thing that I just wanted to chime in on too, thinking thinking back on it, like being traded as a player for future considerations has to be the most disrespectful. Like, put that on the bulletin board, motivate me for the rest of my life, kind of shit. Like, right. you 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 get the news like, oh, we actually traded you over to this team, blah blah blah. Right? It's mm. like, oh well. Who'd you trade? What would you get for me? Kind of thing. They're like, future considerations. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you got nothing. You, you got just wanted. For you me? either wanted to get me the fuck out of this organization, or you think I'm worth nothing. nothing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, that's got to be something that Matt Murray's putting on the bulletin board, putting like a way better team in front of him this season, and saying like, fuck those guys. That might be a like fire under your ass type of shit. Has like, to be. Hey, listen. Like, I know I haven't been playing up to my potential in a while now, and the fact that I am now this goalie that won the Stanley Cup to a guy that is worth so little that I can just be traded to future Bag considerations. Yeah. I think that that alone would make me circle the game on the calendar when Toronto plays Ottawa. You know what I mean? As mm-hmm. Matt Murray, I'd be like, Shutting fuck those guys. Down. I'm starting that night. I don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I, – I like the way – I like how Ottawa looks there, even though they're seventh in the league. Seventh in the division last season, but they picked up. I like this Alex DeBrincat uh, mm-hmm. pickup. I think uh, a lot of teams are going to be uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Um, picking up a bunch of players from the Chicago Blackhawks because Chicago Fire Blackhawks having a yard sale. Oh my god, you can pick up whoever the hell you want. Jonathan Taze <laughs> is up there too if you want him. Uh, but DeBrincat loved him on the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, so with the Chicago Blackhawks, he had 41 goals, which is actually team best. <clears throat> And 37 assists last season, which is a career high uh, with the Blackhawks. So, I mean, great, great, great pickup for the Ottawa Senators. So, again, this guy is just, uh, I don't know, this organization is kind of looking pretty good after this offseason. I think it's another puzzle, a puzzle, man. Like, they, they, they got all these pieces. They got to make sure that they click together. And I, I just, I can't get in on them. Like, they are, they are a do-nothing-for-me kind of team, very boring kind of you know, to watch. But I am going to put it out there right now that I guarantee I'm going to watch three Ottawa Senators games this season because I, I don't know shit about this team. And I really want to dive in a little deeper on them and watch how they play. A guy like Matthew Joseph on the third line, I'm very interested in him. Pr- prospect from uh, Tampa Bay, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake Batherson, another pretty pretty big stud around the league, but I don't know too much about him. Kind of flies under the radar. And just to see how these top two lines click together with Claude Giroux sliding in with Stutzla and Debrinkit, like... I don't know. I I need to you know shape up on this team. I don't have any interest in doing it just no. because they don't they don't do it for me. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Something about all of these Canadian teams, any of the Canadian teams, just like there's not there's no real fire, no real interest and desire to me. Other than I'll say the Toronto Maple Leafs. That team looks so interesting on paper, but I fucking hate the Leafs. You know what I mean? That's the thing. <laughs> like. I don't know. I just I can't stand the drama, the the flair, the right. the show, the lights. I don't know. I don't know. The more we talk about this, the more I'm kind of like biting my hat here with uh, where I have him on in the list because I'm just thinking of I've like again I watched a few highlights from the Ottawa Senators this afternoon, 
And dude, you got to be kidding me. Anton Forsberg, what? You, you you have spots one, two, and eight open. Yeah. So you're saying you put them too high or too low? Too low. All right, good. I thought you put them in top two. I was no, like, no, Jesus no, no, Christ. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, it, I would have to sign off right now and leave. Yeah, see you later. Anton Forsberg was just the guy that came in to fill in for Matt Murray's shoes there because Matt Murray could not get get it done. I watched, I can't remember who the <coughs> hell they were playing. I think it was Ottawa Center versus the New York Rangers. And the Senators just looked great all around against the Rangers. It was just Matt Murray just letting in, like, these softies. And I'm like, oh, as a team that is so fucking deflating. Like, I, I understand, like, having, like, a great just chemistry with your team, but your goalie cannot get the job done. So now the fact that Matt Murray's gone, you have Cam Talbot that can get shit done, and then you have Antoine Forsberg, who proved last season that he could be that backup to get stuff done, too, for the Ottawa Senators. I think we're going to see a different team for the Ottawa. And you know what's funny? It's the mirror image of Matt Murray going to the Maple Leafs. Cam Talbot coming over from the Wild is circling the game against Minnesota because he's like, you think Flurry's a starter over me? Fuck you. I'm going to go start in Ottawa, yep. and I'm going to circle that game on the calendar and yep. beat you guys. You know? Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. I think of- there's a lot of different storylines that are going to come to fruition uh, this season, yep. too. A lot of uh, redemption arcs. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll say where I have them now. They, I have them in eighth in the Atlantic, and I'm kind of, uh, now I'm thinking about it, I'm kind of regretting that spot. Yes and no. I mean, I have them six, but <clears throat> at the end of the day, there isn't too much that separates any of these teams, I'll say. Like last season, you saw it. Here's the standings. Like I said, those three that are six through se- uh, five, six, seven. Mm-hmm. I mean, even above that, there's an eight point gap between two, three, and four. The Canadians were just a suck tank. Um, and the, the Panthers, you couldn't reach them. So I-, I just think that there's a lot of room for these teams to flip flop a tiny bit. So, and even the tiny shifts can move them from you know, four seats lower to four seats higher. So this might be a team that's going to shock one of us. <clears throat> I have them in the six seed. So oh, we, we so kind of got our bases covered yeah. a little bit, you yeah. know, it's going to, uh, I definitely don't think they're making the playoffs. No, I don't think so. They are I, I think we're, we're pretty safe. Yeah. I think they still got a few seasons behind them before they can even like grasp mm. just getting into the playoffs, you know, but I do think that, uh, I am going to be a man of my word and watch three senators games this season. Okay. Just, just because, uh, it's a team that could be interesting. You know De- what I'm going to de- do? Definitely Ottawa versus I was just going to say, Ottawa-Toronto and Ottawa-Minnesota are now on the list. Yep. And now I just have to pick a third game, and they probably play those teams again, but I'll switch it up a little bit, you know? Two Ottawa-Canadians. Montreal? Why? I don't know, because they're like two of the worst. That's a good point. A good, uh, you know, a see good comparison to see who's yeah. who's further along the rebuilding process. Because you can't really compare. Like, if you watched, like, say, last season, you can't really compare watching like a Florida Panthers Montreal Canadiens game and you're mm-hmm. just like, no, it's even better. Mm-hmm. But if you're watching like again the Montreal Canadiens versus the Ottawa Senators the last last season, you'd be like, Oh, okay, I could see yeah. where they're missing, what they need, you know. Yeah, it's good. So I got my three games. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch those and uh maybe I'll do a little little review action for you fans so you know that I actually watched and kept my word. Love it. Got to write that down, date it. Maybe I go. should do three specific games too and do the same thing. Yeah. Maybe pick a different team though. Maybe yeah. maybe yeah, a team gonna... a team that you don't like really give a shit about that you think like maybe I should this season maybe you know what I, I mean because yeah. that's that's me with the Senators like I have no interest in them uh, yeah but now on paper I'm like they're kind of interesting like I should check them out you know mm-hmm. all right so we got two teams left here uh, let's jump into it the Tampa Bay Lightning kind of falling down here they they were third in the Atlantic with a 51 23 and eight record which is 110 points <clears throat> fifth in the east and eighth in the league their head coach is John Cooper 
Uh, they lost Andre Palat, Jan Ruda, and Ryan McDonough. They signed Ian Cole from the Hurricanes and Vladislav Nemesnikov. Uh, they re-signed him to a one-year deal. Uh, they traded and had actually they had one trade here. Uh, they traded Ryan McDonough to the Nashville Predators in exchange for Philip Myers and Grant Mismash. Love that name. Love that last name here. <laughs> so uh, not a lot of moves here from uh, Tampa Lightning, and it goes back to I think what I said in the beginning, beginning of this episode, where they're a team. They are a uh, playoff team. As they long as they can get set. in. As long as they can get in, we're like, let's do it. They so. have everything that they need, man. They got the grit. They got the grime. They got the pieces of shit in Corey Perry. They got the <laughs> Pat Maroon punch you face in. They got skill. They got the blue line. They got the goalie. Like, they're fucking good, man. Let's let's win this division. First mm-hmm. seed. I don't think there's too much that I can really say on the Tampa Bay Lightning. No. They're just they're going to come in hot. Um, they're just going to get the job done here. Uh, it's not going to be first. It's not going to be second. Uh, but they're uh, they're going to get the job done. And they're going to just, like, take their time, save up their energy, and then when the playoffs hit, they're going to be like, it's playoff. It's playoff time, baby. Yeah, yeah. We're going to raise the cup again, and it's going to be we're going to be good to go. Boys of summer, that's what that is. Yeah, I actually wanted to bring something up, too. So Patrick Maroon, when I was looking him up, 134 penalties and minutes here. Second most in the NHL. This dude needs to... Stay out of the box or stay in it. I don't know. No, no, that's his role, dude. That's what he's doing. He's pissing people off. He's getting under their skin. He's, you know, laying the big bodies, the hits. You know, when when a guy like that comes in and trucks one of your star players, what do you do? You go over, you drop the gloves, you fuck him up. And nowadays in the NHL, you don't drop the gloves. You just grab him, face wash him. You guys both go to the box for two. Yeah. Add it to the stat sheet. Pat Maroon's doing his job by putting up pims. That's what I think. He's got a massive fan from last year. Remember the dude big with rig. The, yeah, big rig. Big rig junior. Just sitting there, just. Like the Pat, Pat Maroon Jr. <laughs> I just thought about that. Like it just like it's a core memory that just came back. I love. <laughs> I just love the photo. How like he doesn't know he's getting photographed. Just like big dude, bear, just like a bear in his. Mm. Like, yeah, the fake like long hair yeah, too. This is the lightning that I want to see. Thank you, Pat Maroon. He makes he makes the everyday fan feel like they could be in the NHL. He's he's the Tampa Bay Lightning, Phil Kessel. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. I can see that comparison. Right, right. Yep. Different right. role, different kind of player, but like All right. kind of unfit. Uh, maybe this will be post-to-post picks now that uh, now I'm bringing it up here. All right, Corey Perry here, possible fourth cup run. Is he going to win the cup finally this year? Oh, no. He can't, he can't do that. That's an easy no. He's not getting the <laughs> cup this year. He is cursed. He is Joe Thornton. See you later. He's lucky he got his in Anaheim. We need to trade him. They'll win. He won't win if he gets traded. Maybe that's why he's not moving this year. He's like, fuck, dude, it's not no, I'm working. I'm talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning. They got to trade him. He's bad news. Oh, yeah, bad yeah. Luck, yeah, man, yeah, so. you're right, you're right, you're yeah. right. Okay. I was reading it as, like, they need to, he needs to get off the team and go somewhere else so he can win. So like, that the Tampa Bay thinks, Lightning can win. He thinks, like, no, I can't move because if I trade, I'm not going to win. <laughs> if I stay now, I'll win a cup. <laughs> Come on, hockey gods. Come on. Fourth time's a charm. We'll see. That's what happens when you're a scumbag your entire career. Ugh, you don't God. get a cup. Well, you did in Anaheim, but. Mm. I didn't really realize how much of a scumbag he was until uh, I was watching that outdoor game. Remember he got kicked out yeah. almost instantly? I was like, oh, wow, I forgot about this kind of Corey Perry. But now he's trying to be the good guy and win the Stanley Cup. He's not trying to be the good guy. not working. He's being the worm still. No. Yeah, I noticed that too in last last playoffs. So it's kind That's of his role. He knows what he's doing. It's yeah. fine. It yeah. is what it is. He's Sean Avery status. It's mm-hmm. all right. Yep. Uh, but let's go talk about uh, Andre Vasilevsky here. So he has surprisingly, I was looking up his stats here and it's like to him, low to us, it's like no, you're, like, you're still better than most goalies in the NHL. He had a point nine sixteen save percentage, which surprisingly was his, his career low. 
Imagine wow. that being your career low. Wow. 0.916 save percentage is your career low. That's insane. That nuts That's a about. wild stat. That's really cool that you found that. That is insane. 2.49 GAA, uh, 39, 18, and 5 record. Fast he's still fucking getting it done. Wow. 9 is a career low. And he's still better than most goalies in the NHL. Hall of Fame, dude, certified. <laughs> Stamp it now. Stamp Early it. induction. Give he doesn't even need cup. to retire. Give he's just in. Cup. And here we go with uh, Brian Elliott, who we were talking about. That's his backup. 2.43 GAA, 0.912 state percentage with a Still decent. Still decent. I, th- I say it's a team in front of him. And I think that he has been – I think he has performed so slightly above average. He has. That teams, like, gravitate to him and say, that's our backup. That's our guy. Yeah. And he knows his role. He knows where he needs to be. But he just keeps getting on to better and better teams every time every he time. moves. That, that, like, just increases his stock value, you know? Again, going back to the St. Louis Blues here, he was a starter there. And I think he got to a point where just like, I can ride the pine for a few teams here. And mm-hmm. with just his veteran, just be him being a veteran, knowing what it takes to be a starter, I think he he knows his worth. He knows he could be a backup and get the job done. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes him better. Like, right. Would you say he's better than uh, Yaroslav Halak? No. Whoa. Halak's yeah. better than uh, I, Brian I think Elliott? So. Yeah, I think so. In my Ooh. eyes, I, I have a very jaded vision of him. It's just different. Interesting. Hmm. Pick another. Pick another goalie. I'd like to. I'd like to do that again. Like like a backup. A Brian Elliott compared to someone else. Uh, a Brian Elliott compared to um, uh, Philip Gustafson. He's better than him. Yeah. Hmm. I'm trying to think of like another backup goalie that uh, no, you you would know. Oh, uh, Scott Wedgwood. Yeah, he's better than him. Interesting. You agree with me on all those? Except the Halak one? Yeah, the Halak one is just like yeah. the real iffy one there. I feel like Brian Elliott's better than Yaroslav Halak. But we have stats for that, and I yeah. don't have the stats yeah, on Yeah, hand. we'll check it out. We'll check it out <laughs> off air and see how dumb I am. Or how dumb I am. We'll, we'll see what happens. No, it's usually me. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just think Brian Elliott, for all those reasons, like I said, is just the better. But now that we talk about Yaroslav Halak, he's kind of like the same, you know? I wonder if like they're almost dead even in stats. Yeah, we'll see. That's gonna be interesting. But um, yeah, I absolutely nothing really to say about this. Um... There's not much to it, man. They're just gonna compete. They're gonna be that team. They're still kind of the same team. They swap out a couple minor pieces. I mean, Andre Palat's a big piece in my opinion. Yeah, but <clears throat> he's not big in the grand scheme of things. And no. with the team that the Tampa Bay Lightning is, they're gonna trade Andre Palat. He's gonna be a first line player somewhere else. Mm-hmm. On on this team, he could be second or third. You yeah. know, like I I loved Ryan McDonough because they got rid of him too. I loved him in the New York Rangers, but his stats have really fallen, and I think it's really stayed the same because of a team like Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think they realized that we kind of got to move from you, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if we want to win. Uh, but yeah, and Ruda too. Just I think I could place him too as a uh, Ryan McDonough, but. The only really big loss, as you just said, is Andre Pilat, and yeah. they picked up Ian Cole, which I think just fills his shoes almost like it instantly. does, but not the. I don't know. I think that's definitely a step down, but not enough to impact the team. You know, mm-hmm. Ian Cole can definitely do yeah, what Andre Pilat did. Yeah. I just don't think to the same extent. Mm-hmm. But but I have them as the uh, the number one seed this year. I have them taking it. Okay, okay. I have them as the uh, second second seed. All right, falling down a bit. So we have our last team coming up. You ready for this? You ready for the Toronto Maple wow, Leafs? What a shocker, Matt! I can't believe you. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the maybe the listeners haven't been paying attention, but you know. So let's get into it here. This is the last team for the Atlantic Division. 
The Toronto Maple Leafs were second in the Atlantic with their 54, 21, and 7 record, 115 points. Third in the East and fourth in the league with head coach Sheldon Keefe. <clears throat> so here we go. They lost a few players here. They lost Peter Morozek to the Blackhawks, Colin Blackwell again to the Blackhawks, goalie Jack Campbell, Ilya Lubushkin, Ilya Mikheyev, and Andre Kosh. They signed goalie Ilya Samsonov from the Capitals, Nicholas Abe Kubel, Adam Gaudet, Cal Yonkrock, and Pierre Engvall. Notable UFAs is actually Jason Spezza. Uh, another big name just like Joe Thornton had 12 goals and 13 assists last season. The 39-year-old entered the league in 2002 with the Ottawa Senators. So we might be seeing a Jason Spezza retirement or if someone could give him like one one more year here too. So they have uh, two two trades here. I am pulling my hair out while you talk right now. What? I am so fucking baffled that you have these guys first. Oh my god! Can we talk about this, this after is, I do the no, trades? No, dude. Like I can't sit here any longer. This is insane. I have the Toronto Maple Leafs in first. Oh, you the have them winning division. the division. I have them in the division. Oh, after moving on from Morozik and Jack Campbell. Yep. And now they have Matt Murray, Murray and Ilya Samsonov. Oh my god! You're I, fucking I, insane. I know it sounds weird. Oh. Let's talk about it. Let me do the oh, let me do the trades first. I can't sit here any longer. <laughs> you I gotta go. Hair off? I am, dude. This is insane. Oh, okay. This is the hottest take I've ever seen in my life. Hot take right now. We'll see. We'll see how it look in a couple months from now. So the Leafs traded goalie Peter Morozek in the 2022 first-round pick to the Chicago Blackhawks in exchange for the 2022 second-round pick. That pick was Frazier Minton from the Kamloops Blazes of the WHL. The Leafs also traded future considerations to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for our guy, goalie Matt Murray, the 2023 third-round pick and 2024 seventh-round pick. So they got some picks there, too. So uh, let's talk about Austin Matthews real quick because they uh, – The Rocket. The Rocket, man. 60 goals, which is most in the league, and 46 assists. He's tied for fifth in the league in points with 106, tied for third in the league in power play goals with 16. Just Austin Matthews can get it done. Actually, there's like – Two other things that I was going to put in here, but I'm like, no, we already get a list going with this guy. I mean, just just look at these guys, man. Just just look what they have here. All right, you picking that up? Picking that up? Hmm? Morgan Riley here, 10 goals and 58 assists, career high and tied for fifth in the league among defensemen. Also sixth in the league among defensemen in points with 68 points. I, this is a team that can get things done. I think Matt Murray... I'm gonna do one more statistic for you, cause you're you're over there just still pulling your head over there. You're a shaking. I am befuddled, your head right now. dude. I just can't. I can't. Shaking I don't respect head. you anymore. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Matt Murray had a little bounce back season with a 3.05 GAA. Uh, <laughs> the previous season he was 3.38, mm. and then he also had a .906 save percentage, where the previous season was a .893. He also had a 5.12 and two record last season. This is a guy coming from the Ottawa Senators, although yeah. I just talk, kind of shit talked him when we were talking about the Ottawa Senators. And then they picked up Ilya Samsonov for a 3.02 GA, .896 percentage, and 23-12-5 and five record last season. So, uh, yeah, goaltending's not looking good, but this is a all-offensive team, the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, okay. And um, they were second last. They were second league last yes, season. Yes, yes, I agree. They were. And second I think in, not the league, sorry. I think I'm any working. team that moves on from both of their goalies, I don't – any team that moves on from both of their goalies, right – Mm-hmm. And even if they bring in the two best goalies, well, I shouldn't say that, right? If they brought in like Vasilevsky, Shesterkin as your one and two, they're they're going to do better. You bring in like two, I don't know, f- pick 
I don't know, eight through 16 goalies, you know, number eight through number 16 statistically. You bring in two of those goalies from whatever two you had before, I don't think that you can be as good as you were the season before. You've just changed so much about the team, so much about the locker room, how a goalie plays with the defenseman, the forwards, everything. Regardless of all that, right, like Mm -hmm. we'll we'll go for like row by row on this one, right? You're going to tell me if it's a a good thing or a bad thing, the lines as we go. Michael Bunting, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, good or bad? Good. Alexander Kerfoot, John Tavares, William Nylander. William Nylander, Tavares, I'd say two out of three. Then. No, no, just like the line in general. Good oh, or just bad? good. Good, right? Pierre Engvall, David Kampf, Callie Yonkrock. Potentially, Potentially bad, right? Bad. Potentially bad. Yeah. Wayne Simmons, Adam Gaudet, Nicholas Abe Kubel. Abe Kubel, like Wayne Simmons is going to get that job done, just like uh, what we're talking about. Uh, who's the guy? Andre Palat. That we're talking. Oh, uh, that that's potentially good. I'll yeah. give you that. It's a potentially good potentially fourth good line. Fourth that's where that's where I'll call that. Mm-hmm. Morgan Riley and Timothy Lilgren on mm-hmm. on defense. Yeah, I mean he played his first full NHL season last season, so potentially bad. Potentially, yeah. Potentially bad, right? Okay. Yep. Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody. Okay. Yep. Good guy, local guy. Jake Muzzin is like the scapegoat of the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. They fucking hate him. Potentially bad. He only played forty seven games last season, but go Mark on. Giordano, one of the worst players in the league last season. Justin Hall, bad. And now in net we have Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. I don't see how this team can get it done. Yes, I agree that the top six are very good, but dude, you think they're gonna win the division? They put money into the top two lines. Oh yeah, they did, which isn't smart. You got to spread it out. You got to spread the wealth. You can't pay one guy ten mil and then fill up a roster of seven hundred fifty k guys. Well, I'm gonna throw a curveball at you even more. Yeah, I can compare Matt Murray to Darcy Kemper right now. In a like they're the same. In in a certain sense, put Darcy Kemper back on like some team that's like six, and you're gonna see a Matt Murray. Whereas Matt Murray is gonna be that Darcy Kemper on the Colorado Avalanche. No, if you put Matt Murray on the Avalanche, they are finishing in like outside of the playoffs. Think so? Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, I think it's the guys in front of him that's gonna help him out. Oh yeah, I think so too. The guys in front of Matt Murray aren't Kale McCarr. There right. isn't a, a good defenseman on this team, really. No, no offense to the guys. Right. Morgan Riley, Timothy Lilgren are usually top line. Muzzin, Brody, Giordano, and Hall. They don't really have any defensemen, in my opinion. Yeah. I don't think he has a good team in front of him. He has good forwards. If he's going to win a game, it's going to be seven to six, and if he's going to lose a game, it's going to be eight to nothing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't see. Ugh, I can't, dude. I. <laughs> and with all of that, I still put them in the third spot. Wow. I still think they're a good team, but man, ah, this is another, I wouldn't even call it a puzzle piece. It's just Toronto's going to Toronto at the end of the day. Wow. I am, I was baffled that you put them first. Baffled. I would have, I would have rather have seen Tampa and Ottawa one and two. That's, that's my, that's my hot take. Oh, that is, that is a hot take. I needed a hot take for these picks. That's good. Yeah. This is my hot take. Yeah. It had me fucking thrown for a loop. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's my hot take. Mainly because, again, last season they were uh, second in the Atlantic, and I'm like, you know what? What if I throw them first, even with all this going on? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I've I've thrown some gambles out there, too. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but we do still need a post-to-post picks now. Ooh. Ooh. We still haven't come up with one, and we are through the uh, breakdowns. Yeah, that's right. And we do well, have to go over our one through eight, too, just so the listeners can recap so and understand So the picks where we are. first. What was the one that you had? 
Uh, do what picks first? Like our order? No, no, no. The post post picks. What was the one that you? Uh, is I said is Florida going to be in on the playoffs? One that I mentioned to you off the air beforehand. Keith Kincaid is the third string goalie for the Bruins. Will he play an NHL game this season? <laughs> um, I kind of like that. I kind of like the Kincaid one. Want to do that? Yeah, sure. Will Kincaid play an NHL game? An NHL game this season. If you want some stats on him. I can pull that up real quick. I don't think he's played. I don't think he played last season, if I'm he did. mistaken. Oh, he did. So he, in his career, mm-hmm. uh, we're starting in 2014. I'm not going to bore you with the numbers after this. Ready? 19 Devils. games. Yeah, Devils. Uh, yeah, Devils for five years, Canadians for one, Rangers for two. Four, 2014, 19 games. The next year, 23, 26, 41, 41, so split with the Devils. Mm-hmm. 2019, 2020, so he hasn't missed a season yet. Six games with the Canadians. He got bumped down uh, and then traded. And 2020-2021, he played nine games for the Rangers. Last year, he played one game for the Rangers. <laughs> but he has played every year consecutively since 2014. Now that, it'd have to be Jeremy Swim and Linus Allmark kind of, or... I'm thinking just injury. Like, that that could be the reason to call him up. Yeah. And I, I don't know. COVID, you name it. COVID. I, I think he is going to play one. Uh, oof. damn it! Are we talking about? Let, let's be even more specific here. NHL season games, because a lot of times, like, um, NHL preseason, they'll throw these in there. So, oh NHL no, 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 season. not preseason. In, okay. in, in, an NHL game, like they don't put the preseason stats on hockey DB. Yeah, right. You know, uh, I will say he played just so you have the stat too. Uh, one game for the Rangers last year. Two goals against, uh, so a 2.0 GAA, and a 9.35 save percentage on 29 mm-hmm. shots. Here's my thought. So a lot of times teams toward the playoffs that are going to make the playoffs, they give goalies a break. Um, but normally they'll just, like, put in, say Jeremy Swayman is going to be there. They might give him, like, the night off. Here's, I feel uh, like you don't see that as often anymore. Like, they'll just play the backup rather than, like, all right, so, yeah. I'm talking about play. Like he can't. That's be, what I'm saying. Like he can't be on swimming the on the ice and Kincaid on the bench. Yeah. That doesn't count. He's got to play. He's got to play. I don't think he's going to play a season. A you game. don't think so? I don't think he's going right. to play this. You going with no? I'm going yeah. with yes. I just think the fact that he has one game last year and hasn't missed since 2014. Like let's keep this ball rolling. Yeah. I think he's going to be sitting with the Providence Bruins <laughs> yeah. next season. His his helmet was sick though. We should throw an image of that right here. A little Happy Gilmore uh, throwback. Yeah, that was pretty sick. I thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. If I was ever going to do, like, a Bruins, like, throwback mask, it'd be the Andy Moog one. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Andy Moog, sorry. You know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Little bear. Yep. Took a Rask, kind of had it, but just kind of a more... Yeah. What am I trying to say? I, I like, do like his uh, Instagram handle, too. I think it's Blockade1, but it's Blockade. K-A-I-D. Yeah. Like, like his last name. I think it's got a one at the end of it, but I think it's a really cool Blockade Kincaid. It's cool. I like Keith Kincaid. I do, too. Yeah. I think he uh, I think he could be a better goalie than he said. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I uh, want to get down to the nitty-gritty here and go through our one through eight. Yeah, let's do it. You want to do yours first or you want me it. to do mine? Yep. So I'm going to go through – yeah, I'm going to go one through eight here. So in first, which is going <clears> to <throat> – we're just going to get Chris here to shake his head, the Toronto Maple Leafs. That's my first. Look at you over there shaking your head. SMH, my friend. <laughs> in second, out of the Tampa Bay Lightning. In third, I have the Boston Bruins. In fourth, the Buffalo Sabres. In fifth, the Florida Panthers. In sixth, Detroit Red Wings. Seventh, Montreal Canadiens. In eighth, dead last, I have the Ottawa Senators. 
And for my list, I have Tampa Bay, Florida, Toronto, and Boston. And my bottom four, Detroit, Ottawa, Montreal, and Buffalo. So a big swing for Buffalo where you have the four and I have the eight. Um, I think that's – and a big swing for Florida, a two versus a five there. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything else is kind of within two spots of each other. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Man, that's wild to me. That's wild. Dude, Buffalo, Toronto, and Florida. Those are going to be interesting for us to check out towards the end of this yeah. season. Mm-hmm. Those are the big ones. Wow. Would you have the Leafs again? Sorry. Uh, the Leafs I have third, so they're still in the playoffs. They're still, they're still definitely a contender. But to give them the fucking the first. The oh. Atlantic. All right, career stats. Yaroslav Halak. <laughs> a 2.49 GAA and a .916. And you said Brian Elliott's better, right? And Brian I said Halak was better. better. Yep. All right, so 2.49916. So yep. You writing it down? Yep. Brian Elliott. Funnily enough, too, same exact age. Really? Yeah, 37 years old. They were also uh, teammates in St. Louis for a bit. Oh, shit. Uh, Brian Elliott. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Career, 2.53 and a .910. Slight edge Holy to Halak, dude. Holy shit. Slight edge. Wow. Um, Elliott did have the Philadelphia Flyers to drag. Actually, his stats didn't really get that bad. Uh, they kind of did last year. Mm. Uh, 3.06 and a .889. And the year before, a .287 and an .899 with the oh. uh, Flyers. So for all listeners here, because we're seeing it maybe yeah, kind of sklimmed by it here. So Halak's got a 2.49 GAA. Elliott has a 2.53 GAA. And then Halak's got a .916 save percentage. Elliott has a .917 save percentage. We are, man, they are at the cusp there. Yeah, and they both kind of suitcased a little bit. They bounced around. But ready for this one? You're going to like this. Halak only had one year where he was below a .900 GAA, and it was a .899 with the 2012-13 St. Louis Blues. So he was like, every year in his career, he's been above been 900. 900. Uh, Hala- uh, Elliott has had a .894, an .891. And an 899 and an 889. Four seasons below 900. Wow. So, I, I don't know. They're they're very, very close. And I I don't think I was wrong to put them all in the same category. But something about it just tells me Halak is better. better. I'm going to jump over to Jake Allen, too, while we're doing this. He's 32. So, he's got five years younger than these guys. Of mm-hmm. 2.6 and a .911, which makes him the the worst of the three, right? Yeah. 2.6 and a 911. Oh, 2.06 and a point. Uh No, 2.60. Oh, 2.60. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has also he yeah. has never had a below 900 save percentage. Wow. Yeah. Only with two teams, too. Not as much of a suitcase as I thought, too. I feel like Jake Allen's a name that I thought kind of bounced around a bit. Just the Blues and the Canadians. This, that's interesting. Yeah, so Al, Jake They're Allen's. They're all about the same. Yeah, Jake Allen's the, uh, wow, the worst of the three. That's interesting. Elliot's the best one. But not by much, though. Yeah, it's very close. Very close. But goalie stats do tend to get very close like that. Mm-hmm. I I just, I don't know. I feel like Halak is like a, a, there's something about the way he plays in the, though, like Elliot and Allen have the clock in, clock out mentality of a guy that's trying to just go home and fuck off. Uh, Yaroslav Halak has the, like the clock in, clock out of like, I'm here to get my fucking job done. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For a purpose. You know, that's, I don't know. That's. My mindset, That's your on mindset it. on yeah. it, yeah, and it's not because he played for the Bruins. I mean, he was here for what a year or two. Yeah, I just liked the fact that that guy can be a suitcase and bounce around as much as he can, and just continually pound the pavement and get the job done. Halak shocked the shit out of me. I remember, I think when we first started the podcast here, or even before, I remember the Bruins picking Halak up, and I'm like, 
what are you doing? Yeah, he seemed kind of old. Kind of so many better options. Yeah, seemed kind of suitcased at the time, like not too great. But I'm pretty sure they won the trophy that right. year too. And he shocked Jennings. the shit out of me with how yeah. well Halak played for the Bruins. Yeah, shocked. So team in front of you too. I think they the Bruins looked really strong defensively that year. I think that he won that trophy. Because I feel like last year they weren't very strong defensively. Like, there were a lot of question marks and holes, and that's why we got Lindholm. Oh, yeah. You know? But, like, the year that Halak and Rask were, were starting, like, I think they looked very strong defensively. Ooh. Hmm. Interesting. I like how we finished that with that, the Elliott. Yeah. Answered some questions for everyone, too. Yeah. I can't believe how, wow. That's just me just thinking out loud, too. I was like, Elliott. And then when you brought up Halak, I'm like, they seem the exact same. And they... Yeah, but you knew something was off. You were like, no. But you also thought like it was Elliot and Allen and then Halak below. Yeah. And I was the other way where I was like, I don't know. It's also just like perspective too at the end of the day. You know what I mean? They're probably like the same fucking goalies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know? Interesting. Hmm. This this is going to live in my head red free for uh, this weekend, by the way. (laughs) Just going to just like start looking up like... All three of them just like... And now you're going to be like, but what about this guy? Let's throw him into the mix. Yeah. Throw Darcy Kemper in. Who's he got? (laughs) This season, yeah. Just going to go down to like a rabbit hole. Be like, next week, we're just going to start the podcast. uh, It's going to be Charlie Day with all the strings and shit when he's working (laughs) at the post office. Always sunny. Yeah, we're just going to start the episode. Yeah, exactly with that. And be like, yeah, I don't have a division breakdown. I was too busy all (laughs) week figuring out these stats and shit. So here we go. Uh, But with that said, uh, we're done with the East. On East to the West for the, the next West. two episodes. Ready for that? Yeah. I think, because <clears throat> we're doing the goalie changes, uh, goalie changes, we're doing the head coach changes, and I'm realizing that majority of the head coach changes all came from the West. You know why? Because the East was that much better than mm, the West. Right. The West is going to be a boring snooze fest, dude. <laughs> I feel like it's going to be hard for us to rank them because of how bad the bottom teams are going to be. It's, I yeah. think we're going to be like, one, two, three, bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, and bang. Then Four through eight, we're gonna be like, I don't know, doesn't matter. It's it, the West is so weird. I'll be curious what the fuck Arizona mm. Coyotes look like. Vegas, what the hell are they gonna look like coming in? Because no one wants to sign with them. It's gonna be an interesting West, but not too interesting. I feel like I like that we started with the East, though. I, I feel like the East is where the the attention and the interest is in the league, and the right. West is kind of like, oof. oof. We'll see though. Let's see what that looks like. But with that said, we're done. Down with the East. And um, on to the West next week and on to the West for you uh, yeah. tomorrow. tomorrow. Heading out West. Heading out West. Uh, you're going to be the Vegas guy. Yeah. We got a pool party. We got a table at a club. Um, bachelor party. It's going to be sick. If I don't come back, it's either very good or very bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't plan to gamble all that much. I'm going to gamble a little bit, but yeah. That's about it. Let me know. Let me know if you hit the casinos. Yeah, if anyone wants to put in a small business loan, just Venmo me. I'll put my Venmo <laughs> link in the description below. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that. We got a uh, doctor's butterscotch. These are always good. I These love... are foul, dude. This tastes like drinking butter. Oh, I didn't think that. I think it tastes like maple syrup. Yeah, it is kind of maple syrupy. Yeah. It's almost like syrup, but not maple, which see... is kind of gross. It's like corn syrup. You ever see um, uh, Super Troopers where they do the uh, yeah. maple syrup oh, chug? Oh, God, yeah. That's what I think of. That's gross. Oof. I can't imagine how awful that would taste. Cheers, buddy. Cheers. The not taste like syrup to you? I get maple syrup every time. Tastes like syrup, not maple syrup. When's the last time you had maple syrup? That's a good question. That is a solid question, by the way. 
I'm really on like a very low sugar thing. Last time I think I had Sarah, I shit you not, was like the last time I was at your diner. Ah, no shit. That's funny. Because every time I'm at your diner, pancakes is just what I do. Yeah. That's that's how good they are. But The little diner down the street here is really good, too. Really? Yeah, it's awesome. Good stuff there. Like hole-in-the-wall type? Yeah, but it's almost like upscaled, but it's not expensive. There's a hole in the wall. Very nice. There's a hole in the wall in Boston. I don't know how they did for COVID, throughout COVID, but before... I was on this run where I was able to go over there for breakfast. They you could do takeout or just sit down, and it's just fantastic. Mm. It's so good. It's a little hole in the wall in Boston. You'll find that a lot if you, you guys, any listeners ever uh, come to Boston, you'll find a lot of hole in the walls. But with that said, you want to call us out? Yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links are in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys. Peace. Peace.